0: Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit The Woman Behind the Smile and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making, we keep hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow, and while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Regardless of what your personal experiences or traumas have been, this showcase series is designed to ignite the light in you, as well as providing safe harbor, education, personal growth, and resources, so that no matter where you are on your journey, you'll have the courage to move on when you're ready. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary situations and struggles and then found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from those experiences. Everybody heals at a different pace, and we recognize that. So come on in, have a listen, and enjoy the ride at your own speed. It's a beautiful day in paradise, and I love saying that for my Canadian friends, and they're not on anymore right now, but they'll be back, and they'll see this replay, so if you can see my background, it's another beautiful day in paradise. I want to thank everybody that's going to be listening to this, that's here today, and as my special guest, uh, Miss Peg Hanson, Peggy Lee Hansen. and I see on the show, I'll say, hey, Peg, are you there? But on my Zoom call, I see her, so hey, Peg, welcome.
1: Hey, Debbie, and everybody who is listening in live and on the replay. Good to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here. And it's another beautiful
0: day down here. I think you're up in uh, New York.
1: New York. The sun is shining and it's going to get up to 57 degrees, I think, today. So it is beautiful up here as well. Okay, well, enjoy that 57. It's
0: (laughs) It's gonna be 80 here about 10 o'clock and it's a sunny day here, but the rain is coming. And honestly, I love the rain because my flowers are just saying, feed me, feed me. Mm. So we're excited. And today's a fun day, Uh, as all my shows, uh, Stand Up and Speak Up, it's a really great uh, opportunity for us to share stories. And it's interesting, before I get into your story, because you have something, I think it's not a bombshell, but it's a a releasing moment. Um, Yesterday, I was I had been interviewed by CBS News and Mike Magnolian channel 12 CBS down here years ago he was one of the first to break my story to the Palm Beach area after the Palm Beach Post wrote a three-page article and so Mike called me up and said hey I'd like to revisit what you've been doing in the last five years I'm like great this is a great opportunity to talk about scars which is the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams. I'm on the board of directors there, the initiatives and education we've done. I said, great, come on over. I've got a lot to tell you. I've learned a lot in the last five years. So he came over and we had a super interview. It's going to be a longer, you know, split into multiple parts. Well, yesterday, the first part aired locally, but also on the internet, which means it's international. It was great. It talked about pink flags and all the things that, that uh, we'd, you know, identified as those things that I could have, should have, would have seen if I'd had uh, not had my rose-colored glasses on, as I put it, but those pink flags that might have held me back if I had not been so emotionally involved in this situation. It was a really good interview. And then last night I was sitting watching television with my husband and I get an email on my Debbie at the Women Behind Smile. It was the most uncivil nasty email I've ever gotten and not signed in capital letters, not signed, telling me how ridiculous, stupid, how could anybody do this? And I'm thinking, okay, so my guest last week was Gail Dixon. And Gail said that her grandpa taught her that words do two things. They heal or they hurt. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at that going, okay, so how did this person feel? I'm trying to take the higher ground here thinking I'm not going to respond to it. It doesn't bother me anymore. I don't usually look at the bottom feeder stuff, the troll stuff, but this came into my inbox and I looked at it and I was like, you know what? There's something going on with this person and I don't need to put that hurt into my space. Two years ago, I'm not sure I could have said that. You know, I've done a lot of work on myself and you and I have worked a lot too with my story and coming out with a story in an audible, but I was just, it was just curious to me. And I I immediately sent that email on to the Mike, the reporter. I immediately sent it on to Dr. Tim at scars. And I said, this is going to happen because we encourage folks to speak up. But you know what? I started listening last night before I went to bed. I was bound and determined not to let it bother me. I was just saying my prayers and saying, doing a little bit of meditation and thinking about the whole, whole pono. you know, uh, I forgive, I release, I love, I, and thank you. And I'm, th- I'm thankful that I have a voice. I'm thankful that I've gotten strong enough to not let what others say completely bother me. You know, there's a little twinge, but I looked at this going, I don't need to respond to that hurtful message and it's not gonna help anybody to read it. And so I went to bed with that and I woke up this morning with my friend Kazia Luckett in England, um, putting out a post on the international pay it forward day. And today is that day. And she spoke about me speaking up about my story and how, especially in England, it has really helped because the Brits have taken on an international or at least a a, uh, national um, interest in relationship fraud and online fraud, and I've been interviewed BBC and those kinds of guys. So my story has made a difference to many people over there. And so I don't need to hear the nasty stuff. I don't need to listen to it. I don't need to absorb it. And so I'm so glad that you and I are here together because there are so many of us that have stories that we're afraid to tell because we're afraid of what people are going to say. Well, I'm here to say, don't think about what other people have to say. It's important because there's one person out there that needs to hear your story. And that one person might be on our show. So there's my rant for the day. I just had to write all that out because I was so, you know, ginned up this morning about that. But I want to invite my very special guest, Miss Peggy, Peggy Lee Hansen to tell us where you're from peg we've done this a little bit before but there are new
1: people on the show and i want them to know where are you who are you and tell me a little bit about your background uh, um all right i'm peggy lee hansen of courageous women publications and i currently reside in colony new york it's a suburb of albany and we've been my husband and i have been here for six years now And I am originally from Wisconsin, up by the St. Paul-Minneapolis border area. And uh, so that is my home area. And uh, I worked for, you know, uh, Northwest Airlines for 21 years, and they were based out of Minneapolis-St. Paul. And so I was blessed enough to get a job there and uh, to be... um, to be there and to be of service for 21 years. And once they joined in with Delta, then I was released from the company because they no longer needed my services. And to me, all that meant was that somebody else needed what I have. And so I was able to explore coaching. Uh, I was able to explore writing my own book which um, who knew that it was going to lead me down the path of writing books for other people or writing even more books that I can feature people. And that's what you see, you know, for those who are seeing the video on my shelf, I have the Courage Under Siege series. And that is a, a series that was begun to help people share their stories. And and some of those people were afraid of telling their story, but they took a chance and they wrote their story and they were able to release some of that fear moving forward of letting people know who they are or what they've done. How did you come up with the title? That's a very powerful title um I'm intuitive and I hear things coming to me so I said I am probably clear audience and so I pay attention to uh the divine the spirits the uh the people who run the people upstairs who run this crazy world down here from up there um and it just came to me and it sounded good. I looked it up to see if anybody else had it. And I think there was one other person that had the book but they didn't have a series like I did. So, and um, so I went with it. And then I had subtitles to each one of the books depending on what the topics were inside.
0: When you were a child, Peg, did you like to read or write any interest in that?
1: I did. Uh, when I was about four or five years old, this is my first memory of my godmother, my dad's younger sister, gave me books every year, every holiday, Christmas, birthday, and I think the, one of the first books that I remember getting was called Clip Clop, you know, is getting new shoes, and so it was a cute little book. I think I have it somewhere around, and it was about a horse named Clip Clop, and she heard... That or he heard that he was getting new shoes, and he went through people that he saw. You know, he saw high heels, he saw walking boots, he saw Sunday best shoes, sandals, all different kinds of shoes, and then all at once he realized that he was getting his very own set of horseshoes. So it was a really cute story, but I remember that book so well, and then several books from that point on, and so I became a voracious reader as a as a kid, um, I really didn't start writing anything until like I was a teenager. Um, but I did write a couple of songs. Um, you know, when you're in that teenage area or era, and you first fall in love with, you know, the boy across the room, you know, and things like that. So it's like um, but that really didn't go anywhere. And, you know, so, um, yeah, you know, and then life happens and then you kind of forget about things, you know, you write your diary, you're writing your journals and then life begins and you get married, you have kids and then who has time for writing?
0: Well, I think we forget our, we forget ourselves. We forget the things that did bring us some joy back then. And for me, I'll start a journal and then I'll, drop it. And then I'll start a journal and then I'll drop it. And it's interesting during the the relationship fraud, the two years of the fraud, I wrote every day. And I, you know, this, we have 4,000 pages of a journal. It was extraordinary that I did it during that two year period of time. And as soon as it was over, I stopped writing until I started writing for uh, Candy Parker and Mm -hmm. uh, Positive Tribe, the Positive Tribe magazine, and then doing the book you know, the woman behind the smile and now doing things. I, I really do enjoy write, writing. So when you decide to sit down and write, how are you doing it? What are you doing? Do you have a process? Do you have listened to special music?
1: <sighs> it kind of depends. If if something is really at my on my mind, it's easy just to write what's what's coming in there. But there's some days when I write and I know that I have an email to send out or an article to write. And I will just sit down at my computer. And I do it mostly on my computer. There's for there's when I use pen and pad, it's for a different purpose in a way. But for me, it's just like I I just begin typing. I don't know exactly what I'm going to talk about today, but I know that I have to talk about something. So here is what on what's on my mind right now. And then I just continue on with the thoughts. Um, with the when I do write by pen and paper in journal, it is allowing my meditative state to come in and to answer a question. like what have you learned today? or what are you thankful for today? You know, and then that's a different process for me. So there's a couple of different ways. That's interesting. I find that if I'm listening to music that has lyrics,
0: I can't write. I put on classical music, just the music. Uh, if I get uh, the last week, I was inspired when I was doing my article for, for this, um, eight, I guess it's May Positive Tribe that's coming out. I had gone to the theater with my parents and saw The Wizard of Oz and the music got me thinking and so this past week I actually wrote an article about memories based on music that we heard as kids and you know there are things that we just have to say the first couple of words like the hills are alive Mm -hmm. sound of music right Mm -hmm. and supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Mary Poppins so I was sitting here writing but I had the music just of those songs going back and forth and it just got my juices going but when I started to write Uh, Away for you know different than well I guess something a little bit different than the actual song then I had to turn it off and put the classical back on Mm -hmm. my brain couldn't use both at the same time Uh, but sometimes you know we we encourage people to write our their stories out and sometimes it's just in the quiet just let your brain relax and get rid of the distractions and I think Birch Smith calls it the monkey the monkey chatter. get that monkey chatter out of you. But sometimes we write because we've got this feeling inside of us that something's got to come out,
1: right? Ever had that feeling? Oh, absolutely. And it has to come out, but there, when that has happened to me in the past, and it still does today, where the words are so many that I can't I can't either decipher them or write them as quickly as they come in. So how my process my process has been is to write in poetry form. Because if I can't figure out how to talk in a conversational way as I write my words, it was easier for me to write poetry. And And uh, some of that, you know, is, uh, it's a good way to release because you're not tied to having that conversation or, um, what do I want to say, that expectation that that writing can have. So this way, it's, it's lilting. It's, it's a song of your own that you create when you do it that way. It's very deliberate though, because you yeah. have to think of the words, especially if it's ri- a
0: rhyming poem, but you know, you have to think of how it's going to fit together. Whereas extemporaneous writing is just kind of write it all out, just get it all out. Yeah. So that's an
1: interesting yeah. thing. Have you published a book about poetry? Um, I have not published a book about poetry, but my f- the first book that I had written ever was 50-something, The Unknown Dreams and Paz. Okay and that is uh my very first book and so that is where i um shared some of my poetry and uh it was you know there's no place like home and fate friends are truth everlasting fate family always there exponentially where would i we be without fate Fate provides encouragement, support. Fate sees us through tough times. Fate remains during the good. Fate is ever present. Fate, friends are truth everlasting. Family, always there exponentially. And then it goes on, you know, to to finish up. But it was just something that came in. and, And it's kind of an appropriate home for today because fate happens to us or for us so that we can grow and we learn from those the experiences that we have so that we learn from them and then we ultimately teach the lessons learned and you're talking about fate because i actually had another guest
0: scheduled for today who wasn't able to come on. And just a few days ago, I put it out there to my friends at Women's Prosperity Network. Hey guys, I'm looking for another guest. And I had a couple people respond to me and one couldn't make it. One couldn't, another couldn't make it, which was fine. But then I heard from you and like, I would love to come out. I would love to get on the show again because I have something to tell you. And I'm like, "Uh Oh, <laughs> I would kind of go, oops, <laughs> when someone says I've got something to tell you, but I realized, you know, when we started talking that you're, you're coming out with your story today with a different story that you've never told us in public, because you've felt that urge inside of you to get it out. And we've talked a lot about getting stories out to release, to release the emotions, to release, to release maybe some hurt, to release the past, to be able to move on fully. And I'm going to turn the time over to you because you, this isn't, I'm sure an energetic, anxious moment, uh, but there's nothing, this is a really safe space. You know that because we are courageous one word at a time. So enlighten me and the, the audience. What, what are you sharing with us today? And
1: ultimately why, Peg? Okay, this is this sharing today is, has been years in the making. It is something that happened over 30 years ago. I want to say to me, but I know better. It's for me now. Um, And uh, it is, it put me on a path. But a few years ago, once I have been working through uh, healing myself, healing my heart, healing my body and spirit and mind, the whole thing is that I started feeling like I had to tell the story so someone else could heal I had this nudging that was happening and you know I said before that I was intuitive and I I pay attention to the nudges because they have gotten me to where I am today and as far as you know the series that I produce the name of my my business courageous woman publications everything has been given to me and in the courage under siege series and this is what has been a little gnawing at me is that i want people to come in and share their stories so other people can hear and listen and learn from them and also start the healing process by what they have shared and if i expect them to do that. I need to expect myself to do the same. So first of all, I decided that I needed to heal completely or as much as possible. And I will say that I'm like 98.999% through what I experienced so that now I can help other people even more with healing their past of what has ever happened to them. So, as I said, it happened over 30 years ago. Uh, my husband and I had a young family where we were married probably about seven years. Uh, our daughter was five years old. Our oldest son was three and we were expecting our third child. And I was very, very, very pregnant and felt very, very, very unstable, as far as you know. You're, you're a young family, and and you want to provide for them. You want to make sure you have food on the table, and all this other things. And the financial portion of our life was not good. We struggled a lot, you know, like many young marrieds do, you know, with young families, and so what i had done basically was that i went into a state of mind that really where i lost control and i lost control of my senses um, as far as being able to think straight Um, and to me that is like if i say that right now it's it's a an excuse but what I did is that I committed a financial fraud, a financial crime, and where I would was um, to help. Let's see. How can I put that? Oh, breathing. Ah. Um, so um, it's one of the, the lesser um, crimes in the financial world, but still had it gone on much further, it could have went from uh, a misdemeanor to a felony. And I didn't realize what I was doing. So what had happened was that I was uh, writing checks for more money than what I had in a bank account. In our banking account so to make up for that i would write checks out for more money to cover the checks that i had written a couple days before and back at those times it took you know three or four days for the first check to clear the bank so i knew that i had some time to work on recoup those funds and put them in the in the bank and i don't know how long the process how long this process was going on before I finally kind of woke up out of my sleep, my stupor. And I told my husband what was going on. And he was very supportive. And we said, we'll just get this figured out. Well, it was figured out for me. And I was found out, which was which was okay as i should have been found out and um, i lost my job i resigned from my job you they were working allowed me you were work. working at the bank i was working time. at the bank at the time yeah yes
0: and and your checking account was in the same bank yes and now let's make it clear to the to the audience that so you were not using anybody else's money this that is, is correct it's different today because transactions are instant you know there was a time for the money and the checks to process. And it was four to five to maybe a week sometimes. So it was your own money, but you were just kind of giving yourself in advance.
1: Yep. You know, and I found a way how to do that. And um, so I slipped up in the process of how I was doing things and perhaps, you know, slipping up is not the quite the right term, but um. It alerted one of the tellers at the bank, and then she alerted the management, which she should have. She had, she did the right thing. And, um, and I was called in to the office the next day and was let go. And here I am, you know, eight and a half months pregnant with our third child. And I didn't even care. I didn't care what was going to happen to me. I was ready to face the music, to be um, taken to jail, whatever it was. I just was so tired in what was happening to me. I just gave up. Did the woman that turned you in, were you friendly with her?
0: Did she work yes. for
1: you? She worked with
0: me. Did she, she and she didn't come to you. She just went to your boss, right. Interesting. And yeah. Did you have a relationship
1: with her afterwards? Uh, I have an odd question. I would imagine no. Um, I really only had a relationship with one of the the people afterwards, but that one didn't last either. Yeah, and um, it was hard for people to understand. And you know, I just relented because I knew what I was doing was wrong. I mean, it was. And I just didn't care because it was such a, a wrong thing to do. I was ready to accept any kind of um, consequences at that point. But you were able to to work it out. There
0: were no charges. Pre- there was no pre- there was uh, no
1: charges. No charges. I, they they allowed me to make restitution in 24 hours and if I could do that, that would be great, then I could just simply resign. And so I did that I was able to come up and uh, pay back the money. And it was, um, it was only about $900. But back then $900 was a lot of money. And, um, and you didn't have it. And I didn't have it. So I had to go um, ask my mom for the money and tell her. And that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was to tell her what I did. Um, so. Uh, it was hard because
0: you weren't just telling her what you did, you were asking her to help you get out of that jam, mm-hmm. which been there done that, you know, it's hard
1: it's hard. It's, it's the hardest thing that you will ever do, but somehow you, you get the courage, you muster that courage somehow to go get the help that you need. And like you said, you did it with your mom too. It was hard for you, you know, and you were in the millions, you know, well, it was, it was
0: a hundred thousand that I asked. It was a hundred. It was not, it was not something that I, I, did lightly yeah you know and mine was with the promise it was a loan and it was a promise of repaying with interest you know there was never a, you know get me out of this jam it was like help me with this so we can get this over with and then we'll pay you back yeah yeah but when when the uh, when when the reveal came in and i and i was like oh my gosh i don't I, i'm not thinking about the million dollars i'm thinking about the hundred thousand that i owed my parents that weighed hard on my heart for 10 years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, so you, yeah. you your mom helped out i'm sure she had a few words
1: <laughs> she did have uh many words um and which has you know put a strain on the relationship even more than what it was beforehand um but I, and it took me it took me up until up until a couple of months ago um, To quietly thank her for supporting me when it counted. She won't talk about it with me. And I haven't had taken an opportunity to talk about that situation because it happened 30 some years ago. And she may not even remember it. She may not care to talk about it. And we have a great relationship now. And um, part of it is Well, most of it is because of the work that I have done on myself and to heal and forgive myself for what I had done all those years ago, what I had done to my family, what I have done to friendships and, but, you know, mainly and mostly to myself. And so there was a lot of healing to do and reconciliation.
0: Isn't that the key for all of us, though, is to the stories that we write in our minds need to be rewritten sometimes. And Gail Dixon talked about this, that, you know, the things that are going over and over that might have happened 20, 30, 40 years ago, the other parties probably don't remember it. And if they do, they don't remember it the same way you do. Nope. And you've been beating yourself up for 30 years over this story. So why tell it? other than to be just forthcoming and courageous and not hypocritical when you're hey, tell your story and then you're hiding. It was important for you. It was, that, it was that feeling that just kept coming up and then serendipity, you know, we were able to have you on the show.
1: <laughs> and it was serendipitous. It was divine guidance. It was something because it's the, the anniversary of the, the week of the day that I left the bank so that is like you just can't make this stuff up so um, what began the nudges for me I think is when I first heard your story and how where you are today and the more I got to know you and listen to your story again and again and to be on your show and you know to help you with your audio book it was more prevalent to me to know that you just don't know. And I've learned that through writing this series or even publishing the other books that I have. You never know who you are going to touch and heal and to begin that healing process for them with your story. And I saw that with my authors, I saw that with you especially. So you are a great inspiration to to show and a testament to show what happens when you really do start talking about the caca of your life and how you've been able to turn it around, you know, to do something good, you know, and when I told my, my oldest son, um, what had happened all this time ago because I didn't want to talk about it until I told my kids. I felt that they should know what has been happening all these years and maybe that would kind of help them to understand their childhood too for some things, you know, that came up for them. And so when I told him he says, "Well, you know, if going to all those workshops and doing what you're doing has worked more power to you, you know, it was just like, so that was his response, so I mean, you know, you can't get much better than that, so, um, you know, he, he's, he's one of my three hearts, you know, so um, <laughs> I just laughed when he said that.
0: Well, I'm not sure the financial aspect of it, they would really understand, because unless you were living back then and knew how the banking system worked, it's like, yeah. Well, whatever. And, and what was most important is that, again, you never used anybody else's money. No. You just were loaning yourself a little money. And, you know, it, there were, I knew a lot of people at the bank that years ago that did that until checks processing what became instant. Yep. You know? And then all that stopped. But that a stopped. lot of people did it. But the thing is that, you know, you worked for the organization. So you got released. And I think any of us that have worked for, you know, multiple years have been released from a job. We might call it different than that, but I like the word release because you actually resigned. So you ever look back
1: and say, I wish I'd stayed there. No, (laughs) no, no, because that, because now going through all those workshops workshops and ships, I guess, you know, because they sail. um, on the rough seas sometimes, um, but going through all those workshops and the, the self, I want to say help, but that's not it. You know, the, 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 the uh, self-help that I did on myself, the self-development, you know, to get past and get through and to understand. Uh, I know now that this happened for me. That I was put on the path, I was given that opportunity um, to go through that so that, and to experience that so that I could learn from that, so that I can teach from that experience. So the fully releasing, the fully coming to terms with. Um, the guilt, the shame, you know, the loss that occurred, that was really huge for me. And I was able to release, and I do use the words release a lot, because that's what it is. It's, it's um, letting go. Um, you forgive, but you don't forget. I have forgiven myself for that because i have been able to help other people release the guilt the shame of what they have gone through and it may not be the same thing i mean you don't have to commit a crime or to pay you know a million dollars to a scammer to have that guilt and shame you can be you know the people that i have written in my book series are have felt guilt and shame because of who they are. They are the of the clair senses, the clair audience, the clairvoyant, the you know the the clairs, the the seers and the seekers. And for being at a young age, when they would see angels around the Christmas tree or hear things you know that are coming to them, the different voices, or they would see the souls of Gettysburg that they knew that they had to help to release them to the next world so that they could have peace for the rest of their lives. They didn't want to tell their stories because they have been told all of their lives that that's just silliness. You know, nobody can do that, but this is who they are and what they see. And when we understand more about The people who surround us in everyday life, we learn from them and we get to know them and we get to like them and the world would be such a better place if everybody knew who was sitting next to them on the bus, on the plane, standing in line in the grocery store and just listen to them or you don't even have to listen to their entire story, but just talk to them be nice to them say hello how you doing today instead of just you know standing there or sitting there
0: that's interesting you bring that up because in kazia's talk this morning she was telling us a little story about when her kids were young and they went to the grocery store no if they were out to dinner they, she and her husband took their their two kids out to dinner and a, an older gentleman came in was sitting by himself well they invited them to come over and they started talking with him And he enjoyed their conversation. They said, would you join us? They said, no, they were talking table to table. And afterwards, he went into the men's room. So, because his husband, who I guess is very good at paying it forward, said, why don't we, family, what do you think? What if we take care of that gentleman's dinner tonight and just go pay for it? So they did. They went up to the waitress and said, we'd like to take care of this gentleman's meal. And when he came back and went to pay, she said, well, this family is already taking care of that for you. And he comes back down and sits down. And she said he was just so emotional about it. Well, she finds out later on from the waitress that his wife and he had been coming to that restaurant for years, having dinner and a glass of wine, and she had passed away. And he needed, and they needed that communication because it just, it showed kindness. And, you know, after that Email last night, I'm like, we just need to be kind. We need to understand that things happen. People make missteps, is like Deborah Morrison calls them missteps. We all have something happen to us. And if we get this victim blame and shame and everybody piling on top of us for no reason other than maybe to make themselves feel better, you know, this is a really dangerous world. And it's just the Uncivility, if that's even a name, instability of it. Um, it's just that's why it's important in your, in, like in your uh, book series, to be courageous. We're under siege. We need to be courageous in speaking up. Even on the news this morning, I heard a, a senator from uh, Virginia had COVID badly, and th- there's this thing called long COVID and, and the ramifications of whatever. And, and some people may think it's some may not, but the, the, the story was about their health problems and uh, some brain fog and some uh, neuro uh, problems, nerve issues. And I'm thinking, oh, my vitamin supplement might be good for that. (laughs) But he said, people aren't talking. And they had a nurse that came on. No one's talking about how they're feeling because they're afraid of what people are going to say about them. They're holding up their health issues because they're afraid that someone's going to mock them for having a problem. And then now they're not seeking their health uh, professional's help. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and in our case, it might be a mental thing, but holding in stories can manifest itself in physical ailments.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct? Absolutely. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I believe that too. And to the point of the COVID and the virus and things, we need to talk to everybody. Just because somebody doesn't want to get vaccinated. You know, it, it, it may have nothing to do what political affiliation that they have. It could be part of what their body has gone through. If they have an immune issue, talk to people. People are losing their families because of there's being very staunch and hardline about, well, you're not taking the, the vaccination and blah, 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 and, you know, whatever else. And, and families are being broken up about that because... Nobody is listening or willing to listen to the other side. And I think even our government officials need to talk to everybody. And maybe they have, maybe some of them have, to find out what the other side is and to help those people who will not take the vaccine for whatever reason. You know, if it's a health issues or if it's because it's it's just what their belief system is, that they have another way to do it. But don't condemn the other side for what your beliefs are and that they're different find right. out why they're different what you know what's happening with that
0: and we have um, choice you know we can we you choice. can you
1: can choose to wear a mask or not
0: you know but if someone chooses not to and you don't believe that it's not your right to tell them that they're wrong yeah that makes sense and your story here it's not my place to say well that was really dumb of you or stupid stupid of you um it's like okay so understand where you were you were a young mother pregnant which we all know been pregnant and hormones are crazy anyway but the financial aspects are over i mean i remember buying cans at a dent and bent store we had so little money i bought cans that had dents in them it didn't hurt the food it just looked bad so they couldn't have them on the regular grocery store shelf Mm -hmm. I fed my kids. They didn't know if the green beans came from a dented can or from a not dented can. Um, You do what you have to do. And, you know, that in the big scheme of fraud is probably not a huge thing, but in your mind and in your heart for you, it was tremendous.
1: It was devastating. It was devastating to me that I did this thing and um, I needed to work through it. I need to make it right. I went to a lawyer uh, the following week and we declared bankruptcy because the job that I was have, had at that particular time was our bread and butter. And so I had to take another step forward and do another taboo thing. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, how did you feel about that? Because I, just the word for me, I
0: can feel my insides and it shouldn't be that way.
1: Well, I, I had, had no. Rent. I had no choice. I I felt like I had no choice uh, because I took away the income, the sustenance of financial, and I could no longer pay the bills, no longer pay the rent. What What was going to happen? And so we had decided that talk to the lawyer, tell him what had happened, and uh, we filed bankruptcy and basically from that point we got a second start a fresh start a renewal where we could just leave everything behind and then just begin again and it was one of the better decisions that I had made you know in the last couple of months during that time did you keep that quiet too or did did people know we kept that quiet. Twi- we kept that quiet as well
0: Okay. I mean that's a pretty private thing, but uh, some people had to know. Some of your the folks that you worked with, as far as bills and all that, that all gets public.
1: Yep. Yeah. My family knew. My brothers and sisters. My mom knew. Um, you know because I told them. You know what was happening. So my immediate family, uh, on my immediate family, I told. Now my husband's family, if they are listening today. And my cousins and things, family, I have no idea who's all listening. They had absolutely no idea this was going on.
0: Okay. But it's important to at least tell the immediate family. So especially your children, I don't know if they would really understand it, but not at that age, but at Christmas time, you know, there's such expectations that when you're with big families to bring gifts and this and that, and I was like, that might've like changed the expectations because they're not expecting you to bring stuff maybe, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, and
1: and that I will tell you. Two years after the um, being released from the bank, leaving the bank, I had gotten a job at um, the airline at Northwest Airlines, and so we were. I mean, it was great. And I, how that happened again? I called. I called the pre, and I talk about this. I think in volume one uh, where I wrote my story, and. I remember calling the priest at our church and I said, is there any possible way where I could borrow like $50, you know, for a week or for a couple of days? And he says, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we, we don't do that here. And I said, okay, you know, I completely understand. And even though I was looking for a job and I had, you know, interviews, it was just like, nothing was really coming. And so it was, um, so I made that call. Um, was denied, turned down, you know, softly, gently. And then a couple days later, I get a call from the airline saying, when can you start? So um, I considered that I didn't call the priest. I called God. And God said, here you go. Yeah. And um, so that's how I look at getting the job at Northwest. It came at the the perfect time. And so we were just still in that situation. My kids were benefits of, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And he, they, you know, he lives in the hearts of everybody who walks this earth. And, um, The people that I worked with at Northwest Airlines for that first year helped my kids to have a Christmas. They knew that we were struggling. They didn't know why, Um, but they just knew, and they all came together, and my kids had one of the best Christmases ever, and so that is why I have instilled them from day one that Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus.
0: There are some marvelous people out there. And again, people wouldn't know if they weren't listening and and watching. I remember when we were young too, and Lou had lost his job. uh, I had a friend that came in at Christmas time and handed me a check. And I don't remember how much it was for, it was several hundred dollars. And she said, this is a pay it forward. I don't have children. I, I want you to get something for the kids, but someday pay it forward. Mm -hmm. And I've been fortunate enough to do that. Uh, Even most recently, a couple of months, about a month ago, my husband came in and uh, one of the young, young boys, he's 23 that he uh, plays golf with girlfriend called and said, she asked that told us that she was having difficulty and wanted a loan. And I said, CJ, no loan. We're going to pay it forward. And with the, with the note that we want them someday to pay it forward. Mm -hmm. It's not about giving and getting it back. It's, it, I should know that in a big way with the scam, but uh, that was, that was fraud. This is a gift. This is paying it forward because you love people and you want to be there for them. But the only way to understand who they are is to listen, to listen and to be around them. And uh, that makes me happy about the the Christmas for the kids because they don't understand the financial part of it. But they would remember. One,
1: yeah, absolutely. One thing I know that we were getting to the to the end here, but one thing that I would like to impress and impart today, don't be, don't feel like you have to be cajoled or uh, forced into telling your story. If you have something that that has happened to you or that you have done, don't feel like, oh, I gotta tell it. You know, because I just know that something good will happen, or you know, I just need to release it. You know, it it's not that way, in any way. Um, It comes about when you share your story. It comes about in the most heavenly divinity way possible. So, because someone really is waiting to hear what you have to say. But you have to be ready and in that right space to tell it when i was going through again releasing you know 30 plus years of guilt and shame build up a lot and even though i took steps from that point on to start fixing myself so that i never do this again or to to learn more about why I do what I do, the things I do and things like that. Um, I was able to share for the very first time in front of other people, the the story. and, um, And when I got done sharing what you've heard here today, afterward, I had someone who was listening to that came up to me. Oh, here we go. And she thanked me for sharing my story. And then she told me hers. It was financial. It was a financial thing that she had um, done as well. It wasn't the same thing. But she had done that so many years ago and with the same guilt and shame of building up inside. And I asked her how she felt now. And she says, I feel released. So to have that happen after all these years and being afraid, but yet feeling really compelled that you have to get it out now is really the ultimate healing that anyone can experience. And but that but that's just for me. It might be something different for Debbie. You might have felt just a little bit different. But when you actually hear when someone actually comes to you and says, "Thank you for sharing that," because it helps them to begin to heal that is the ultimate gift that is the ultimate reason for perhaps why i even went back why i even did this act 30 some years ago you know maybe it was already maybe it was the what do they call it the spiritual contract That's that you sign it's in the plan in the plan we don't know
0: we just don't know. It was, I don't know. It was, it was fortuitous in one way. And, and it, I mean, it helped you to grow, but you know, to hold on to that for so many years. Um, I thank you for sharing. And I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but how, how do you feel now that it's out? And will that hit you later?
1: It might hit me later. Um, it came out as far as, you know, the first time when I shared it inside this group. Um, but now this is like public, uh, really public. And um, so we'll just see what what happens, you know, and, and what God's source the universe has in store because um, that nudging about five or six, seven years ago said that you, your story will help someone at some point. And it's not up to me who that is or how that happens and um, this is why I take good care of my authors and writers because um, I know what it can be you know what happens you know whether it's divorce and you feel guilty about divorce or you know whatever it is you know um, I like to be able to hold and support and and just be there to listen. And that's why I listen. I listen well and I let people just go and that I will hold you. I will hold them.
0: And you do that. So you have something coming up that I'd like you to tell about, tell our audience. You have a workshop
1: coming up? I do. Um, On May 12th, I have... Um, I'm presenting five elements to write robust content and it's based off of the the chapter writing template that I offer my Courage Under Siege participants at, to write their cha- their chapter easily effortlessly and efficiently so that they too can get their story out and it is um So I'm going to be talking about that. So there's the five elements. So it's about, you know, the message, you know, what you want to share, Uh, a quote that is always on your mind or on the tip of your tongue. Um, It is a little bit of the backstory. You don't have to tell the whole backstory. I wasn't really planning on telling the whole backstory today. It just kind of came out and um, evolutionized, I guess, and um, or evolved. And uh, then the main event, you know, and and, um, that is the main crux of the story of what your solution is, what you had gone through, what your experience is, what you learned for from it and what you want to share with other people you teach. And then the the summary, the wrap up is what I call it, it just puts everything um, into a nice bow so that people can work with you or hear what you have to say. Um, Because again, it's not up to us who hears the message or what they hear, but no matter what share your story I encourage it. Um, I know it can be a difficult piece to do, but here we're going to be talking about that so to register for that you go to bitly it's a bitly link so some of you may be familiar to that it is bit.ly forward slash, write robust content, okay. all lowercase. Okay. $11 to attend. And, uh, but it will be definitely worth your while.
0: So May 12th, $11 bit, bit.ly slash writer.
1: write oh, write Robust. Robust content. content. Dot com. And you have a website peg that people can I do. peggyleehanson.com is the website. We'll
0: put that out on the on slide for the replay. Uh, you've done some amazing things. I'm looking at all those books up there. And I, I know when we did the audible of my book, the podcast in between the chapters was a phenomenal experience for I think for me and I think for both of us. And we're putting that out in the sort of the volume two for the SCARS community, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship community. Uh, It's important. It's important to hear. It's important to to, uh, share our stories. And thank you so much for standing up and speaking up and and jumping today into telling your story in a different way. I certainly appreciate you, my friend.
1: As I do you. I knew that I wanted to come out. Um, on your program, just because I know the type of person that you are too. And with your love and care and holding support, you know, just phenomenal. So thank you, my friend.
0: Well, it's my actual pleasure. Thank you for listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. We are dedicated to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment and to being your best self. If you are the victim of a scam or cybercrime. Please visit againstscams.org for assistance and guidance about options and recovery. SCARS, the Society of Citizens Against Relationship Scams, is an incorporated nonprofit crime victims assistance organization based in Miami, Florida, supporting scam victims worldwide. If you can, make a small donation to help victims around the world receive the help they need. This episode has been sponsored by benfocomplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet for those with neuropathy. If you or anyone you know struggles with the pins and needles or numbness in their hands and feet, check out our Ben products at benfocomplete.com. Use the special code STANDUP for a 5% discount on your purchase. Again, thank you for being with us today. Go to my website, The Woman Behind the Smile, for additional resources and information. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and enjoy the replays. My books are all available on amazon.com and audible, and I encourage you to join us again. Have a great day.